listening to the TLC Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tyler, Landon, and Caleb. Welcome to the TLC Football Podcast. I am, well, no Landon today, so Caleb and I will be your host. I am Tyler Savatinaya, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Suavage underscore. I am Caleb Darlin. You can find me on Twitter at cdarlin53. Make sure to follow Landon at Fields underscore Lando. And you can follow the show at TLCFP. Also find us on YouTube uh, and any other platform you want to search for us. We may be up there. Um, But today we are going to be reviewing Chiefs versus Packers. We won 13 to 7. With no Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Jordan Love's mother sitting uh, in the last row possible. She was <laughs> basically sitting on the concrete wall at the top of Arrowhead. You would think that, I mean, yeah, they did. Green Bay didn't get her some tickets, which they should have taken care of. I think she um, bought those herself. I mean, she had to have. But Green Bay didn't get her taken care of. But you would think that Jordan Love's mother and girlfriend would have the money <laughs> to not buy the worst seat in the whole building. Just a little bit of clout. I, honestly, I think it was a sold-out game. Like, I don't know. It was a sold-out was... game, but that could not have been the best seat available. I, I mean, if it's sold out. I sold my ticket. Be... I sold my ticket, and it was a well, better seat than that. That was the other thing is, is they didn't go through. Um, so I do, I do think Green Bay got the tickets. Um, but the issue is, is they do not go through third-party providers like Ticketmaster, StubHub, uh, GeekSeat. They don't go through those. They go through the, the team site officially. So what happened is, is that they went through the Chiefs officially who – only have upper deck tickets or if you want a whole suite if any of those are still open uh which means that they were more than likely just left with that up top because they didn't go through a third-party provider which is just stupid very stupid very very stupid um, but the Chiefs do come away with a big win. I do not care that Aaron Rodgers didn't play in this game. And if you think the Chiefs got a cheap win, well, what happened two years ago when we screwed up on the dates last week? It was 2019, not 2017. It was yep. not Alex Smith. It was Matt Moore. But is that not a cheap win as well? It's just a win. It's, it's just, just a dub. It's just a win. There's no asterisk the in, the, in the in the win-loss columns. There's no asterisk on – any games it's the nfl you still got to go out there and perform the the green bay packers are not seven and two seven now seven and two previously seven and one just because of aaron Rodgers. that defense is solid and even though our offense struggled i think that i think part of the reason why the offense struggled so much and what a lot of people aren't talking about is the defense is is really good their green bay packers defense is fantastic they were they were top 10 defense in the league up into week nine going, you know, playing against the chiefs yep. and they, and they probably still are because they didn't yep. allow, allow points. They didn't mm-hmm. allow, allow yards. No, they did not allow, allow very many yards. Uh, we had under a hundred rushing yards and Pat Mahomes we had, had- 166 passing yards. I was gonna say he didn't. He didn't even hit 200. I think that's so, probably the first time in his career where he's played. I think so because I NFL. think um, I think that Broncos game that he his first he still had 200. Game, I think he also had more than 200 there. Well, and then don't forget 
the 2019, the reason why he didn't get to play against the Packers was because of the, uh-huh. uh, the, the dislocated injury. knee. I think that was in the first half, right? Um, was that first half? Was that towards the end? Um, I, can't I can't remember. remember. I can't remember either. I yeah, think, but he had a lot of passing that, yards. In that it was game early team. in the third quarter if it was in that's, the second half. That's right. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, he still had quite a bit of yards in that game, too. So I think this is the full full game that he has, he has played where it's the only time that he hasn't passed, I think, for like 220 yards, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Uh, incredible start to your career for Pat. <laughs> uh, but I think – the Chiefs showed some really good things in this game, uh, even though the score was not quite where we wanted it to be. Uh, I mean, coming out with a victory is really all we needed uh, in this game. We are well on track to get ourselves to the playoffs. Yeah. I th- which, which is the main goal at this point in the season. No, oh, for sure. And I think uh, I think this is probably a little bit of a bounce back or a turnaround game. Obviously, that was what we – had hoped That's, New York to do, but yeah. the way that we were able not and not necessarily dominate, but the way that we were able to move the ball a little bit, we were able to get in the end zone. We were able mm-hmm. to get a couple of field goals against this really, really good defense. Um, and then the way, you know, our defense played limiting yep. three rushers to amazing. 122 yards, uh, limiting Jordan love uh, to 190 yards and making him use his feet um, to, to pick up some things. I thought and getting thought a pick. Played, Forcing yeah. a pick, forcing a pick. Um, that is one thing this defense has been bad at is forcing turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought we played uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, we only had, we still only had one sack and that came from Tyron. Uh, did not, he did not get credited with half the sack because, um, but don't you know, let Dan that doesn't, doesn't deserve the other half. But don't let that say that we did not get pressure because oh, man, did we get pressure? The pressure was there, and that's that's the best part of the defense. This game was probably the line, the defensive line. They had uh, 14, 15 pressures, I think it was. Uh, if I am just taking those Frank numbers Clark, off the top of my head, Chris Jones uh, both played amazing. Uh, Melvin Ingram got in there and made some plays on, on his right first, off the rip on his first play. Off on his rip. first play, first he play. got it was nearly a sack. I mean, it, these guys we were like, who's this 24 again? <laughs> they didn't make like a number announcement. He or anything. had he had threads like, on. I thought it, uh-huh. I saw four, so I thought it was 54. I thought Nick Nick Bolton was coming off the mm-hmm. edge. I was like, what the hell's our middle linebacker doing? <laughs> yeah. What's our middle linebacker doing on the edge? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but no, Melvin Ingram, big, big addition. I I had a lot of faith in that signing. I did not think that the Steelers were using him correctly. And I wanted Melvin Ingram during the offseason. So I I am more than happy. I am more than happy right now uh, that he's on the squad and already making plays. Uh, should we should we talk about Legarius Sneed and how fantastic he played for a minute? Uh, he, he did down. He did come up with a big pick in the game. Again, it's Jordan Love. It was a horribly thrown ball, but he absolutely mossed. What, it was wasn't it, a great was ball, Lazard, but it shouldn't have been. Was picked. it Devonte? Yeah, no, it definitely should it was, not have been. It was Devonte. He picked it. He absolutely mossed Devonte Adams. It, Oh my gosh! He like sometimes we may need to put him in as our number two receiver if if he's going to be doing that. That's <laughs> ridiculous, man. He he's got better hands than half of the players you know, on our and, team and, right now. And so we we play a little bit of, or we play a lot of man, but our guys don't really travel from side to side. Um, but when 
you know, Devontae Adams is on his, he, we held Devontae Adams to six receptions. I feel like that's, you know, that's yeah. on the upper side. Six receptions only and only 42 40, yards. Two yards. Yeah. Like that's. And Alan Lazard is only one catch for 20 yards. That was, that, that was, a that was the touchdown but, that, that Sorensen gave up. And if we're, if we're going to jump to the Sorensen topic. Honestly, he shouldn't have been on the field. That's the only, I, I mean, without Sorensen on the field, Alan Lazard literally gets held to zero. I don't know how much we can keep hating on Sorensen. Like it, at some point it's got to come down to <laughs> like, why is he in? We know what no, he can yeah, do. It's, why it's are we putting him in the city? It's one like, of her. 100% Spags fault. If, if Armani Watts sitting on the bench for the whole game, Armani Watts should be playing. If it happens once or twice in a season or like once every couple of games, like I can hate on Daniel Sorensen for sucking. I can do that all I want, but he's giving it to us every single game that he's in. Somebody put out these. I, I, I think you saw it on Twitter, Caleb. Passing yards allowed per snap. And and this is going to go against mm-hmm. another guy who we thought was going to be great coming in and Mike is Hughes. clearly turned out not to be. That's Mike Hughes, number 21. They're, they're giving up passing yards allowed per snap at 9.7 Mike Hughes and – or excuse me, 0.97 for Mike Hughes and 0.96 for Dan Sorensen. Pat, they both allowed four passing touchdowns. Now, big one for Sorensen, missed tackle rate at 21.5% versus Hughes at 4.5%. So, at least Hughes knows how to every, tackle. Every five tackles for Sorensen is a broken tackle. It's so bad. And then it's I don't even bad. know. I don't even know if the Lazard one counts as a broken tackle for him in the stat sheet because he literally just missed. He just him. he just hit him with the shoulder. He didn't even, a little he didn't bit even touch and him. Walked out of bounds. Basically. But here's the thing: is Hughes has only played three snaps in the last two games, while Sorensen has played sixty-five. And I'd like to go over those snap counts here a little bit. You know, that I, I'm I'm really disheartened about that. But going over the snap counts a little bit, we had. Five players play 100% of the snaps. Creed, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown, Trey Smith, Pat Mahomes, which means that Rimmers was out for this game due to the injury, and we also lost Lucas yeah. Yang. Yeah, we are not. getting back Chris um, Chris Long. Chris Long, who had who did play right tackle for 16 games for the Bears and go to a Pro Bowl, so he can move around the line a little bit. Yep. I'm excited to see what we can get. I don't. I hope that we can put the him injuries. In. I, I hope we can put him in at right tackle. We'll have to see what the really extent of the injuries are before I want to put him in as a starter, especially yeah. just coming off the pup list. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, I'd want to have Niang there probably, uh, but if it's Rimmers or Chris Long, I would love to see Chris Long mm-hmm. take a shot. Um, now, uh, Hardman did get 65% of the snaps at 42 snaps. I don't know mo- how much bigger of a role we can give McColl at this point. Like, it, at some point, you got to st- st- quit flopping it. You got to quit flopping it. He had six targets, three receptions for 20 yards. At, at one point, like, what else can we do with this? With like, he's not getting Josh Gordon us, should be getting all those snaps. Jo- yeah, Josh Gordon. Let's see where Josh Gordon ended up on this snap chart. Um, Jarek McKinnon even could be even getting those snaps. Yeah, he he very uh, well could. I mean, Here, I, Josh- I don't love putting Jarek McKinnon at wide receiver, but. Something's got to give. Josh Gordon has been steadily going up every single week. It's 19 snaps for 29% of all the offensive snaps. It's not as much as I would like it, especially with him being here for, is this week three he's been with the team? 
Yeah, something like that. So he's been with the team three or four weeks. I would like to see that go up a little bit. Obviously, we want to, you know, we've we've got to figure out what we're doing with McColl. So he's got to get a lot of snaps. But at some point, we got to win games, man. This isn't high school football where it's senior night and like, like it's a close game, but we still got to put you in. I feel like there's like freaking politics going on in the locker room. I, or something. I, I, yeah, man, I, I don't understand I don't some of the snaps. Uh, now that was on the offensive side of the ball. Noah Gray did get about seven snaps, which was nice to see. Uh, Robinson is down. What's, He's Robinson is our lowest receiver outside of Marcus Kemp, obviously in snaps. Demarcus good. Robinson is now down to 14 snaps, five below Josh Gordon. And I can't tell you how much that I absolutely love it. Byron Pringle also with 30 snaps at nice. 46%. Byron so, Pringle deserves it. Uh, he, he does. Did he even get any targets? Uh, Byron Pringle uh, did not get a single target. I was just looking at that. So he was Man, in for 30 sucks. snaps and where not does, a single target. Where does Noah Gray's snaps uh, compared to Blake Bell's? Noah Gray is at seven snaps while Blake Bell got 26. If we yep. want to put that in compa- into comparison, Travis Kelsey had 56% of the snaps at, or 56 snaps at 86%. Yeah, Blake Bell probably comes in a lot for running downs. So. Yeah, he, he's a big blocker. I'd like to see us integrate Noah Gray in a little bit more, but obviously he, you know, he's got to yeah. do something with the snaps that are given. Now that's on the offensive side of the ball. If we go down to the defensive side of the ball, we had three guys who played 100% of the snaps, and and this was really neat to see 100% versus 100%. On offense, we had 65 snaps. On defense, we had 63 snaps. I always want to see less snaps on the defensive side. Yep. That's starting to. That's I don't starting think we've done that better. all season, honestly. I, I don't think we have, and that's you know that that's a testament to the guys picking it up the last three weeks. I know Frank Clark is playing out of his mind right now, He's but Juan Juan Thornhill, Chavarius Ward, Tyron Matthew are the three guys that played one hundred percent of the snaps. Legarius Sneed, three guys missed, that I would like to see do that every week. LJ. Missed two snaps. He was at 61 snaps at 97%. And, I'll tell and you, you know why? You know why? Because they took him out for that uh, concussion protocol. And he had, oh, to go, he had to go clear protocols. I totally forgot about that. Remember dude. I told you, I was like, I don't know if he's actually injured. They, <laughs> they, somebody up in the booth had to take him off. They took him off for COVID protocol. He had to go to the tent and clear it concussion off. Concussion protocol. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Co- Did I say COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> concussion protocol. Yeah, I told you, I, I, I don't think he's actually injured. So when he was running off the field, he had to go clear concussion protocol. Because, and he did it within two snaps. Because he laid down like that. And I guess somebody yep. thought he was... Well, they they also take it from the hit as well, and it did look like a helmet hit. So at least they're following the protocol and like to see that. Frank Clark, 55 snaps, wearing 55 on his jersey with 87% of the snaps played. That is amazing. I love to see that. That's pretty damn good because we we like to rotate those guys a lot. Yes, yes. And especially seeing him healthy and back in, not not ill, not injured, not hurting, but in and playing it at whatever his 100% is, is is good to see. Rashad Fenton is getting 70% of, uh, of his snaps which is, I love that guy. I want to see him do more. Uh, Willie Gay uh, has steadily been getting more and more reps every single week. He's at 41 at 65%. Um, Hitchens coming off of his injuries at 31 snaps. I don't really like to see that, especially because he took away from Nick Bolton at 27 snaps at 43%. What do you, what do you think about that? 
Bolton should be playing at least 70% of the snaps. I mean, you can rotate Hitchens in if you want, um, but Nick Bolton's got to be starting to take the reins there. Like if we're, if we're really worried about coverage by linebackers, there's really not that there's not big a reason, of a difference. There's not between a Nick Bolton. Hitchens in. <laughs> there's not there's a, not. there's not honestly, a big enough difference between Hitchens and Bolton and honestly, coverage. Bol- Bolton is probably better at, I, I wouldn't go. That I mean, Hitchens, Hitchens is so bad. I wouldn't go that far. I just don't think that there's enough difference in their play style and what no. Nick Bolton can bring. Um, if you I, want a pass coverage guy uh, there, you got to put Dorian O'Daniel in. If that's your reasoning, then Dorian O'Daniel's your guy. Yep, I, I would agree. Um, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I would agree. Now, defensive tackles uh, went around quite a bit. Uh, Chris Jones did get they, – they had him listed as a defensive tackle. It doesn't show his splits. I did see him on the outside a few times, but 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 he was in for 71% of the game as well. So there's a lot of guys getting a lot of snaps. Uh, we're starting to move in the right direction, uh, yeah. which is fun to see. And and to be fair, the, the AFC West – I or not the AFC West. But what was the, Jaron Reed's snap count? Jaron Reed uh, snap count was uh, 40 snaps at 63%. Mm. Uh, that's all right. So that's, I mean, that's, he, he's starting to do a lot better. We're still not hearing his name like we wanted to hear his name. Um, but I will say that uh, on the flip side, he's at least in there making the plays. Yeah. Um, Sometimes being a D tackle and not hearing your name is fine. He, we were not. I mean, I think we kind of gave him the expectations of Chris Jones because he was kind of filling that spot. Um, so I, I, Jaron Reed's not going to be Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the second best D tackle in the whole league. Um, so I, I, I don't think Jaron Reed is getting enough credit. Probably being a D tackle is also just keeping blockers off of your linebackers. It's primarily what their job is to do is keep the guy, now, unless you're pass rushing, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. Is making sure number one, keep guys off the second level. Number two is plug the hole, which is why a lot of guys like to run the four, three defense is so that you can continue to plug the hole and not have to worry about so much on the outsides. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What are you, what are some of your takeaways from this game? Defense played great. Uh, this is definitely a turning point for the defense. They got to go ahead and back it up next week against the Las Vegas Raiders. But this was a giant step in the opposite direction because this was the one. Like this was historically one of the worst defense defenses the NFL's seen through probably like what the first eight weeks, seven weeks. Um, this was a tough defense, I mean, and I were, want to give were a shout trending out. Really bad. It was, and I, before you move too much further, I want to give a shout out to the offensive line because, it, again, it's PFF. You know how I feel about PFF. But four of our five highest graded players our were the offensive line. line. Our highest offensive graded player, or our highest graded player. Period. Do you know who that was? Creed Humphrey. Ob baby. Ob. Ob. Creed Humphreys didn't even get inside the top five total. It was OB at 92.7. The next closest was LJ at 82. Then Chris Jones, Trey Smith, Derek Nottie. 
OB nice. starting to become it. I told you, man, give that guy a little bit of time. Give him a little bit of time. Well, or also just give him a guy who doesn't take the snap and run backwards 10 yards. That, that too, that too, that, that and then that'll, don't, that'll put, help. you know, Nick, uh, <laughs> don't, don't put the Bosa's on him, you know? Yeah. You know, the Bosa's Bosa's with a 10 Bosa's with a 10 yards drop is, is not, not a good thing. <laughs> That's just asking to be killed. Um, but also the offense did what they needed to do to win this game. And we haven't really seen that recently uh, in the last few weeks. I mean, we did it against uh, Washington, but we, we haven't seen the offense play to win uh, for, for a little while. And we saw that. For the last two weeks, I would say the Green Bay game and the New York game are two games that we did not come – to win offensively. We did not come to dominate in our usual fashion, whether we're, you know, whether we're, we're turning the ball over or not. I mean, even when we were turning the ball over, we were still playing at at, at our normal historic rate, which is every single year. It just seems to to be that we're outperforming ourselves every single year, regardless of turnovers. Um, And I, I don't know, what are you, what are you seeing out there to see this team, Obviously, there's a little bit of conf- lack of confidence, but what are you seeing from the offensive side of, of why we aren't um, performing um, even the way that we had been a few weeks ago before the Giants? Um, as I don't, I don't necessarily want to go out and say that it's not aggressive play calling because Andy's still going forward on fourth down a couple times against the Packers. Yeah. No, the aggressive play calling is still there. I don't know if um, we're calling so many plays that are just fully aggressive and we're giving Pat some options. Um, I mean, he's always had options, but like we're, we're doing a lot of uh, just shorter yardage plays. Uh, we're running the ball on, on right up the middle. I mean, we're, we're playing some more normal football uh, compared to what we have seen where we're just we're, we're chucking it deep or we're running RPOs the whole play or the whole game. Uh, so wide, wide receiver screens and stuff like that. We're always mixing it up. I think we've just been like we, we've dumbed it down a little bit. We're playing much simpler and the turnovers. I mean, it's it's showed. I mean, we've got one turnover in the last two weeks. So I, th- I think we're dumbing it two. down a little bit. Two turnovers in the last two weeks. Pat, because last week against the Giants, Pat had oh. uh, the the interception and Kelsey fumbled. Oh yeah. So no no turnovers this week. Two last week, which is still strides better than it has been because we were averaging like three or four. Yep. Um, the points are are down, but the points are winning, and that's all that matters. And I think I I think that I mean, that's definitely a true sentiment. If we look at if if we look at the play calling, like you were like you were saying, with with dumbing it down a little bit, Patrick Mahomes has averaged three point two air yards on his completions on Sunday. Uh, That is the second lowest in a game that he has started and finished in his career. Um, That goes back to college as well. So uh, I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, I don't think the aggressive play calling is going out, but there, there's something there. I don't think it has much to do with, with how far they're throwing the ball down the field or, or such, because Pat is still taking shots. They're just not being completed. Um, there's something Pat is missing some shots. He's, he's missing some shots. He's not frustrating, but 
at he's, least at least he's not just not throwing them anymore. Like we like Pat's not broken in that sense where he's not trying that anymore. Yeah, I I like the fact that he is still attacking it. The the issue that I'm seeing is we're not moving the ball. And I don't know I I don't know what the issue is. Those all have to go back and look at it a little bit more, but um we're, we're still taking the shots. We're still trying to move the ball down the field. It's, I don't know I if think it's, it's really, playmaking ability. I think most of it is really just like drops. I mean, we're just having things that kill drives like drops and uh, dating back to last week, an interception, a fumble. Um, I mean, well, I mean, even, even for this week against green Bay specifically, I, 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 we did have a few drops, but like the, the, the penalties were not a non-issue like turnovers and penalties were non-issues against the green Bay Packers. Yep. Um, and that doesn't have anything to do with or without Aaron Rodgers. That has everything to do with shooting ourselves in the foot and making a bad play one way or the other. And we just could not move the ball. And again, they're a good defensive team, but like that's a total change of what it had been previously. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's, I think a lot of it's just knowing when we need to take those shots and when we need to not take those shots. I mean, everybody's groaning about this play that we threw to McCall Hartman. I thought that was a fantastic play. I, I think it was a great play. I mean, it was first I, and 10. Take your I can, shot. I can understand the sentiment of what most people are saying is that you missed. Travis Kelsey wide open. Um, but there was an, that the, throw to McCole Hardman is also a throw that Pat has done and has made mm-hmm. a and thousand that, times over the last three years. And nobody's complained about somebody, somebody being wide open over the middle, seven yards well, in front of Pat. Well, and there was another play where we, we uh, checked it down uh, a couple yards and Tyree kill was running open uh, between the safeties and we didn't take that shot. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I think I mean, the, the miss and that by, was on like a third and eight. Um, we checked it down, but before uh, in front of the first down line, and Tyreek potentially had a touchdown. Yeah, so. and and the miss, you know, from from Pat to McColl that that long pass play on first and ten, um, that that's McColl's fault. You go back and watch that that film, and and Pat wanted to throw it and could not throw it because McColl stopped running. He stopped running. He was covered by two on the inside and on the outside. Uh, he looked back at Pat and Pat's what the hell are you doing. And so he turns it on a little bit and just missed it. So I think obviously there's been some timing issues with, with, with Pat and, and McColl and Tyreek and Travis. And I think, Part of that had to do earlier in the season with the RPOs. We just were not getting those off right. Uh, but I think the now we're at the part where guys are giving up on routes. They're getting frustrated too much in their head. Um, and well, it's, I, I mean, yeah. McColl has been his one of his main issues to this point in his career has been not finishing routes. So that, that's that is a gripe new. that we've that's, had for a while. That's nothing new. But that's not something that I want to see. If that's going to continue to happen, then you take his butt off the field and you give those snaps to Josh well, Gordon. Well, that's why I'm, that's and, why and I'm Byron all Pringle. over Josh Gordon. And uh, I think Byron Pringle should be taking his snaps. Um, but I don't think Byron Pringle should ever be more than a three, even though I'm a K-State guy. But <laughs> Byron so, Pringle should not be more than a three. Um, Nicole Hardman should be a four and gimmicky player. Give him a couple carries a, a game. I, I really don't feel like I want him on the team after this contract is up. If we can't move off of him. I, I agree. 
I think he needs to go get a contract with uh, Dolphins or something. Go to the Raiders. That'd be fine. (laughs) Imagine Uh, we draft uh, McCall Hardman to replace Tyreek Hill, and then Tyreek Hill stays and McCall Hardman sucks, and then the Raiders sign him to to replace Henry Ruggs. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, That'd be great. Uh, So after this game with the, with the giants, how do you feel? How, what's the outlook on the season uh, moving forward? I'll I'll read off a couple of our next opponents. uh, Cause I, uh, it's not the hardest schedule, but it's definitely not the easiest schedule. We've obviously got a little bit of an easier game coming up against the Raiders, especially seeing what they've had to go through the last few weeks. But then we've got the Cowboys, which that ramps it up. Then we get Broncos Raiders again. Like we've got, we've got five games in the division to finish out the season. Um, how are you feeling at the outlook over the next couple of weeks? We've got the Raiders and the Cowboys. How do you feel after these last two victories? Um, I'm definitely feeling better now that we got two wins under our belt. We're five and four. If we win out, we win the division. Uh, so we, we control that completely. Uh, it's in our hands. We need no help from anyone. If we win out, we win the division. Uh, I'm not expecting to win out or anything, but the next two weeks, I am not sleeping on the Raiders. Derek Carr has been a very good, very good quarterback this year. Um, Hunter Renfro is an elite uh, red zone threat. He, he, he just seems to always find a way open. Darren Waller can go off at any point. Defense has to show up again like it did last week. Uh, we got to get some pressure, and we, we need LJ Sneed, uh, that LJ Sneed again. Um, offense, they have to do enough and not turn the ball over. That's all we need from them while they patch up whatever's going on with them. Um, And then the Cowboys, I guess we'll see when we get there. That's going to be a test. That's going to be a test to see where this, this team is. And if we're going to be able to turn around this team anytime soon. Yeah, I would. I I think I, I think I pretty much agree. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really. I'm not as worried about the Raiders as much as I was previous to the Giants game. Honestly, previous to this game, I I was still really worried about this team playing against uh, the Raiders after the Giants game because that was I just, still think that was just I, not pretty. I still think this Raiders game. If I was in Vegas, I'd probably be giving this the, to the Chiefs at a negative one spread. I, I, I think it's going to be close. The Chiefs offense hasn't shown us enough, but I will say like, that the mentality that this team has after this Green Bay and New York stretch versus what it was previous is making me feel a lot better, especially with bringing up uh, Melvin Ingram and putting him on, on the outside, moving Chris Jones back back to his better position, um, making a couple adjustments around getting, you know, we'll get Sorensen off the field or or put him in a better position to be a better player and not be in those situations that he shouldn't be in. Defensively, when this Chiefs defense is good or, or at least not literally not the worst in the league, um, it, it, I think – this defense is the backbone of this team. The, the, the offense is flashy. It's high flying. And when things aren't going, 
and that that's an offensive chemistry issue. And those things can, can ebb and flow throughout the season. But if your defense is just not the worst defense in the league and is the backbone of your team, it's the, it's your hype, man. It's, it's the ones who can make sure that you move forward. I think you've got the better team. So I, I am feeling a lot more confident going into this Raiders game and I'll, I'll, I'll think I'll sit back and watch and think about the cow, how I feel about moving forward too far that way. I'm, I'm definitely more confident, but I still have my reserves because this team is not where we need them to be. And the Raiders no. are a tough division opponent um, well, right now. I think, but, I think we've also got to shift our sights too. like, we were mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. We were like, Oh, I definitely Super Bowl. Like where we are definitely shifted my sights. I've definitely shifted my sights. Right now, we're at honestly look at look at the table and and the AFC West is still up for grabs. I just I just had a little graphic up there. I mean, if we if we literally if we went out if we went out and every team in our division that doesn't lose a game except for to us, we still win the division. Here's the thing: we don't need to win out. No, we don't. Um, I, I want to show this. There it are is in ones, our control. Five, six, seven, eight. Nine. There's nine teams in the AFC that have five wins. They're either five and three or five and four, five and three due to their bye weeks. You know how many of those teams have five wins that are in the AFC West? Three, four, four. All four teams in the AFC West have five wins. LA Chargers are five and three. Raiders are five and three. Chiefs and Broncos are both five and four. There are this the, the AFC West is just as wide open as the AFC is as a whole. And there's the other teams that include in this five and three are the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is a crapshoot. Oh yeah. We have isn't the Tennessee Titans leading the AFC right now? Tennessee Titans lead the NAFC in wins with seven wins. Just behind them with six is the Baltimore Ravens. So I mean, I mean, this is crazy. Your top two in the AFC East, five wins. Your the AFC North is ridiculous. You've got Baltimore with the six wins and two losses, and then you have three teams underneath them with five wins. And on head-to-head matchups right now, Pittsburgh, it goes Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I don't believe that uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland have met yet this year. Is that correct? You know know what this is making me excited for? Playoffs? Week 17. Oh, week 17 is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. Man. All right. All right. NFL red zone week 17 of 2020 or 2021. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> NFL red zone week 17, 2021. That's going to be 2022. Going to, that's right? going to be uh, in week 17. <laughs> week 17 will be January. Is it January? Yeah, we get two game, two weeks of football in January before the playoffs. All right. Um but that week 17, that is going to be the best eight hours oh, yeah. or a, however many hours of football I there may, has ever been. I may have to get red zone just for week 17. That will be the best hours of football ever. Especially aired. if it continues to play out this way, because there's only one there's only one division in the AFC that like we know what's going to happen. And that's it's because, the Buffalo Bills. It, 
Well, no, 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 no. It's not no. even that one. I mean, no, because they, look at that. Where's you have Titans, two teams. You have two teams with five Titans? wins in the AFC East. So you've got the AFC South with the Titans are seven and two. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I think bringing Adrian Peterson in gives you a good chance to finish out, especially with a high win percentage in your own division, because know. the Indianapolis Colts, really Colts they're four and five. The Colts have looked good, though. They, I mean, they've looked good against bad teams. Have they, have they played Tennessee yet this season? Uh, the Colts uh, have not played uh, them yet. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. Uh, so looking at this right now. Did they win? Um, the uh, So they played them twice already. Uh, Tennessee twice. Tennessee has won both of those games. Unless the unless that's a preseason game, which week did they play the Jets? Uh, you don't play. In no, that was regular right? season. That was regular season. You don't season. play so, inside division. Yeah, you're right. So they lost week one to the Cardinals. They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Colts. They lost to the Jets. They beat the Jags. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. Then they beat the Colts again. And then they beat the Rams this last week. So they beat the Colts in week yeah. three, 25 that- to 16. It was a close game. And they beat the Colts again, 34 to 31 another close game, but they're just better than the Colts. That so they division, have the head-to-head that division, that division's going to be hard to lose for them. It's going to be really hard to lose for them, especially with, you know, what they've got left on their schedule. I don't think it's very hard. So this AFC is, is matching up really tough. And you look at the NFC and it's, we kind of know what's going on here. Like Dallas is six and two. The next closest to them is three and six with being the Eagles and the giants. Uh, then you look at the AFC North and green Bay is running away with this. Uh, no matter what they're seven and two, the next two closest are Minnesota and Chicago at three and five, three and six respectively with Detroit being a, a complete disaster right now. Uh, AFC South, we all know that Tampa is going to come out of here. New Orleans is messing with Trevor Simeon. Atlanta is maybe on the up and up. We don't really know what's happening there. And then, yeah, Carolina, no thanks. Uh, and then the <laughs> NFC West, which is the toughest division. This one is we're definitely going to have two teams come out of the NFC West. Um, the Lions it's going to be the first 0-17 team? They possibly. It's possible, <laughs> man. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is possible. Uh, going back to the NFC West, we've got two, potentially three, depending on how the, the Seahawks play with Russell coming back in. I, do, do you know when that is? Is that going to be this week? I think that's this week. I think it's it's close. It's either going to be this week or next week, but I think I've been hearing reports that he's going to be back in this week, so we'll have to see how that goes. There's been rumors. There's hopes, at least. But you've got two teams with above seven wins in the NFC West. It's the Cardinals leading at 8-1, and one, and then the Rams at 7-2. and two. Yep. Seahawks. And The Cardinals look like the best team in football right now. I mean, they just beat uh, – wasn't is the Rams, right, with – uh, that was a, it was a few it was a few weeks ago that was actually in no that they they, they just beat, beat the Niners uh, the with Niners Colt with Colt McCoy which we know the Niners are not in a good spot and they're looking at, at at firing Kyle Shanahan however they did beat the Rams by 17 points in week they four. beat the Rams they beat the Browns they beat the but Titans, then again the Rams they also beat the beat Cowboys they beat Tampa the Bay you know big time. Who beat the Chiefs? Or no, what? No, just kidding. I was looking at preseason. <laughs> I, so I hate these preseason games being in this. All right. I know. They Cowboys and Chiefs scratched those off. Those are both preseason wins. But they did beat the Titans. They beat the crap out of the Titans. Kind of beat the crap out of the Rams. Um, 17 points is, is three scores. It's beat the four, Beat the 49ers with Colt McCoy. I mean, and that's n- no D-hop. 
Yeah, no D Hop, no Colt McCoy, but that's I think that's more indicative on how bad the 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 49ers are. Um, I don't so the, know. I don't, I, I, the, the 49ers, dude, the 49ers they are not good. Let's go ahead and take a look at the 49ers and what their schedule has looked like so far this season. They barely beat Detroit. They barely beat the Eagles. They lose to the backers close. They lost to the Seahawks by a score. They lose to the Cardinals by a score. They get murdered by the Colts. And then they 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 did whoop up on the Bears. And then they got murdered by the Cardinals uh, a second time. So, I mean, it, they haven't had that hard of a schedule. They definitely won the three games that they should have won, but they probably should have beat Seattle if they're going to be any resemblance of good. And they definitely should not have lost to the Colts. They should have one, if not two, more wins on on their resume right now, and they're just they're just showing us who they are. Next up, they've got the Rams, so that's going to be another L for them. But then they go they go on a little bit of a softer streak. They're going to get the Jags. They're going to get the Vikings. The Bengals are looking not so good right now, so we'll have to see how that falters out. They've got the Texans on there uh, towards the end of the season, uh, and they got the Falcons on there as well. So we're, we're just going to have to see how they turn out, but they're, I, I just, they're just not a good team. Two weeks ago, we thought the Bengals were the real deal. I, you, you know, <laughs> man, like, I don't know what to think about that either. It, it, one thing I will say is uh, Preston and I had, had gone back and forth at, at the beginning of the season, uh, and he was talking about how how great Jamar Chase is. And, J- hey, Jamar Chase is great. He's helped the Cincinnati Bengals team out through uh, a couple of couple of games here throughout the season, at the beginning mm-hmm. at least, um, and and helped Joe Burrow get the ball out of his hand more quickly. And, and so he was saying, you know, uh, Jamar is is better for Joe Burrow and this Bengals team than getting uh, Sewell or any other offensive lineman uh, in the positions that are needed. That's going to help out until the teams can can scheme against the receivers, mm-hmm. or you're yeah. going up against Miles Garrett or Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or whoever. I will you say want. I like, think they need to run the ball a little more because Joe Mixon and Shamaj P. Ryan have been averaging over four yards a carry most times. Uh, yes, and I will need to go like, that a little more. That they do, but the reason that they can run the ball as effectively as they're running the ball is because they, teams are just so sitting. Many, they're so sitting in with receivers. six DBs. They have yeah. six DBs on the field to cover. They're taking linebackers out to cover so that they can't. Higgins, Chase, Uzoma. Tyler Boyd. Boyd. All of them. They're, they're putting six DBs out there to cover all of them so that they can run and the then ball. Don't even, if, you, if you start to run the ball. not mentioning Joe Mason's receiving ability. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah. I mean, honestly, Samaje Piran can can receive can catch the ball as well, and and that's going to be mixing it up. And I think that will help a little bit. But you get a team that's got, especially going against the Browns, they've got a, a solid defense, two solid defensive tackles, and you got Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney on the outside. They got some DBs when healthy, Greedy Williams and and Denzel Ward, like. No, you go against you go against guys that have a good, solid defense and without having a solid offensive line that are going to be able to push your ass back 17 yards, you're just going to get tore up because they're going to be playing great coverage downfield. Yep. Agreed. I, I wish I wish that wasn't the case because I really, really, really loved watching the Bengals so far. And I think their timing and chemistry is just getting thrown off due to these ass whoopings. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Raiders what, this week. So we will probably be watching in close on that one. 
who have the who has the rate? What next week? They are on a buy. <laughs> I hate looking at these men. We have the Raiders. I was so confused. I'm done talking. (laughs) I hate how they don't put the bye week in these things. They just skip over it. Are you on ESPN? Uh, I'm on Google. Uh, I I (laughs) I wish they'd put the freaking bye week in this thing. Oh man. Well, uh, we did have a, we did have a barn burner, uh, a couple of them throughout the week. Uh, what do you think of the Broncos and that big fat win against the Cowgirls? Man, I don't know if that says more about the Broncos or the Cowboys because uh, I had, I mean, till till now, I didn't even think twice about the Broncos even being no. anything. And I don't know if I still do. I just think the Cowboys, I don't know what happened to them. I really don't. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Maybe they just had a bad fluky game and they're going to reset and be good next week, but... I mean, who who I knows? I mean, a Dak Prescott did not play well. Nineteen for thirty-nine. That's forty-eight point seven percent accuracy, which is probably the worst of his career. Uh, yeah, Two hundred and thirty-two yards through a pick. His QBR was twenty-four. Teddy Bridgewater's was sixty-five. Tony Pollard only averaged two point eight yards a carry. Uh, yeah, they I mean, Zeke beat the ball ten times and five point one yards a carry. They should have given it to him more, but they couldn't because they had to throw the ball because they were down sixteen to nothing at half. Yeah, sixteen to nothing. I mean, oh my gosh, that is like this team did not do anything, and they had quite a few sacks. They they ended up getting four sacks on Teddy B. They just, they just couldn't stop. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had 250 yards. They ran for 190. This was Javante Williams' first 100-yard game and only on 17 carries. Melvin Gordon had 21 carries for 80 yards. I, this is yeah. ridiculous. This is what, I, I don't know. I, do, you think the, do you think this is a fluke game for the Cowboys? I think so. I think it's a fluke. They got, they got outmanned. I'll tell you that much. Did. I watched that game. They got absolutely outmanned. It was a pretty disgusting loss for a really good team. <laughs> but we have seen discusses, uh, disgusting losses by good teams a lot this season. That is true. Um, so I think it's a fluke. Cowboys will bounce back next week. Who do they got? They got the Falcons. That'll be an easy one. And then they have us. I don't know if it's that easy. Well, I mean, the Falcons actually, have been I playing like, very strong. Uh, the Falcons are looking Pretty good. Now, they, they did get a win against Trevor Simeon, a quarterback that we know that's not very good. But let, let's go ahead and take a look at the Falcons because I'm just not sure what to think about them. First two games of the year is a loss to the Eagles massively, another massive loss to the Buccaneers. They get a close win against the Giants in MetLife Stadium. They get a loss to the Washington football team. They get a win against the Jets and the Dolphins, a loss to the Panthers, uh, and then a win against the Saints. So I, they've got a couple of like non like I guess quality wins, uh, but they didn't they've, put up a fight against. They played the Bucks. I mean, they played the Browns kind of close. They, they should have beat Watts. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, Washington. Uh, they should not have lost that that game. That looks bad for them. But I don't know. Uh, they, they played them close. They, I mean, Matt Ryan had four touchdowns in that game. Uh, I think that was also, was that the overseas game? Yeah. Uh, against the jets. Oh, that was the jets. 
So uh, we'll I have know. to see how it plays out. We'll uh, see. I mean, this is uh, the Falcons have the Cowboys this week, so we're getting a we're getting Good a test. replay from last year. Last year, this was the game before Dak broke his ankle. Maybe two weeks before Dak broke his ankle. Um, this was when uh, the Falcons were up twenty eight to nothing going into half. They scored fifty six points and then still lost the game because uh, Dallas came back on a tear. So yeah, we'll have to see how that plays. Uh, big news over the weekend. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen gets a Huge. pick six or gets a pick, a fumble were, recovery, and a sack on Josh Allen. I don't think there were any touchdowns in this game. Uh, no, there were no touchdowns. Two field goals, one in the first quarter, one in the second quarter by the Bills. Jaguars had one in the first, second, and fourth quarter. Disgusting. Uh, what a bad game. Uh, it, what, it, what do we make of this? I, I I don't I think that's two weeks in a row that Josh Allen has looked bad. Any given Sunday. Three weeks in a row that's, that Josh that's Allen. That's what has I make bad. of this. Any given Sunday. And this is why any team that makes the playoffs can make it to the Super Bowl because the Jacksonville Jaguars can beat the Buffalo Bills. That, that's true, but let, let's go through and look at the last three weeks for for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, four weeks ago, they got the big win against the Chiefs, 18-point 18, 18 win. But then they go back and they lose a tight game to the Tennessee Titans. And Josh Allen plays plays pretty well. He's got he's 35 Titans, for 47. The Titans played phenomenal on that 353 game. yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. They, yeah, they played a perfect game. But then they go to Miami, and they get a narrow victory. Uh, not really narrow. I mean, oh, it's 16, 15, 15, 15 points. points, but Josh Allen really didn't play that good. He got out. Honestly, I thought he got outplayed by Tua in that game. Um, and Tua didn't score at all. Um, I, I thought too, I, I didn't think Josh really looked all that sharp as normal, but then he goes in and he plays against the Jacksonville Jaguars and just an absolute dud 31 for 47, 264, two interceptions, uh, just the stat line doesn't do justice to how bad he looked. Yeah. He he definitely did not play great. I mean, your offense putting up six points. Only. They did give up four sacks. So it's not like his offensive line played great, but his offensive line hasn't changed in weeks. Their third down efficiency, six for 15. That's not great. You want to see at least 50% on third down. Uh, just not, not great play. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. He, you know, like I said, he gave up. Uh, he, he had two interceptions. They gave he up also, 118 yards to penalties. He also had a fumble um, that, it, like I said, that he lost to Josh Allen. Um, not not a pretty day for this Buffalo's team, Buffalo Bills team. Um, but it looked even worse for Josh Allen. I think he can get this back on track. Um, I don't know. He's starting to, if this continues, he's going to start looking like last year was a fluke. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Josh Allen's fine. I don't think there's any, I don't think it's time to worry or get, get all crazy about Josh Allen. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, big teams lose but, to, to these little guys, but I think this is just an example of any given Sunday. I I, I could, I could see that. In which, I, can definitely I mean, see that. 
the Giants beat the Raiders, which I did not expect. Um, the Falcons beat the Saints. Of course, it was Trevor Simeon. Um, <laughs> the Browns beat the crap out of the Bengals. Like, we didn't expect that. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, the, the Broncos beat the Cowboys. The Dolphins, well, uh, they played the Texans. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this week was an example of any given Sunday. That, that's true. This was a this was a really weird week um, because the Ravens also come away with a narrow victory in overtime against the Vikings. Which uh, I thought the Vikings were going to win that game. It was really I, looking good for them. Man, it was looking real good for them. And then Lamar should have won. Just kind of turns it on at the end after a, a poor performance by him. Two sixty six yep. for three touchdowns, two he interceptions. He didn't play great until the end, but he uh, takes three sacks, which doesn't the, normally happen. One of the better games he's ever played. I mean, that comeback was crazy. I will say, and this is maybe one reason why you know we did we did talk about OBJ in the in the short that we had this week. Uh, one reason why they might not be going to him is the resurgence of Rashad Bateman, uh, who was who started the, the, the season off injured. Uh, other than so, we had you know Marquise Brown with nine receptions, 116 yards. Mark Andrews, who's undoubtedly the number two target for this team, five receptions for 44 yards. You also had Rashad Bateman, a rookie, coming off of injury not but two weeks ago, five receptions for 52 yards. He's been getting the start on my fantasy team too. Uh, yeah, he's he's been playing very very well. But I think this was a this was a game that the Vikings should have won to move up to four and four and just just kick themselves right in the foot. I don't see how this Vikings team can move forward with Kirk Cousins at the helm. You can't go 17 for 28 for 187 yards. No, you didn't turn Uh, the ball over, and that's fantastic that's not a guy who you can continue to have at the helm of your ship. If you're trying to win games and my, honestly, Mike Zimmer, I've been calling, uh, I've been calling for Mike Zimmer to be out for the last couple of years. I I think they both got to go. Yeah. I think this is the last year on Kirk cousins. No, he's got one more year. He, he is contracted through next year. Um, I think after that, he, I mean, after that, he'll be 35 and an unrestricted free agent. I don't think you should sign, resign him. I don't think they all. should keep him for next year. I think he, I think he should be cut. That's bad, man. It's bad. Um, if they cut him, trying to read some of this cap stuff. Uh, if they cut him pre six one or no, uh, post. They they're going to be left with forty five million dollars in dead cap if they cut him next year. You're kidding me. They owe him that much money. They owe him that much money. They owe Kirk Cousins fifty million dollars next year. They owe him thirty five as his base salary, and his signing bonus is ten million. And Holy. Cow. And if they cut him pre six one or post six one, it says the dead cap is forty five million. Oh, they can't move off of that's awful. And if they trade him, they're saving thirty five mil. So they uh, only they'll, own they'll, the they'll, they'll still be left with the ten million in dead cap. Which which that's fine. That that's a lot better than forty five. I don't think so you can. You I don't think you can move off. You of can't him. cut him, and I don't know who's trading for thirty five mil. I, I mean, if if. 
I mean, maybe you trade for Deshaun Watson and hope that they'll eat the big contract for one all year. I got, from all I gotta say is 2023, the Vikings are picking a quarterback at one one. I I could I could see that. <laughs> I, although I think there's going to be worse. Like with Kirk Cousins, he's at least going to win you a handful of games. I don't know. He's regressing. Uh, oh, he was he was at one time good. I I think he either been- isn't. He's not going to be the quarterback next year, and he's just going to be an expensive backup, or he, he they're going to have a real bad season next year. Yeah, I could I could see that. I think um, honestly, if they're smart, maybe they maybe they just cut their losses and they try and trade for what they should have done is trade for for Deshaun Watson. But maybe that's something that they do, and you just bite the bullet on that, I guess. Um, give up, give up some compensation. And otherwise you're, I don't know, you're just going to be shooting yourself in the foot if you're the Vikings. Cause that's, that's not a good situation to be in given, giving Kirk cousins that much money. Yeah. I, bad. I don't understand that. I don't know how, I mean, they could save money if they extend him. <laughs> that's true. They could make, but, make the years voidable, but I don't know. Bad, bad situation for the Vikings right now. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a good situation for the Tennessee Titans, even though that they lost, um, even though that they lost Derrick Henry, you bring in, uh, I I don't know what's going on with, with the Rams. Uh, It seems like they're winning some, some of the easy game or not easy games. Some of the tougher games that they should be winning that they're not coming away with the, the Titans are playing very, very well with or without Derrick Henry. I, I, I don't know. What do you make of that? Uh, Derrick Henry is going to be coming back at the end, but um, somehow the, the receiving core has, has picked up the slack. I think they're going to take a hit. I think eventually that, I mean, this team is not built to last without Derrick Henry. I, I, I mean, Mike Rabel's an amazing coach. I think they're going to be uh, a good team still, but they're not going to be the dominant um, Super Bowl contender that they once were with Derrick Henry. I don't know if we ever really gave him the Super Bowl contender status. Cause, I did. I did. Yeah. I'm, I think they were a Super a Bowl few people. contender, but I think they're a first-round release with their current situation if Derrick Henry doesn't come back in the playoffs. I think Derrick will be back by by the playoffs. You're definitely right in saying this team will not continue to win games if Ryan Tannehill has to throw the ball 27 plus times a game. Yep, I think <laughs> that's a totally fair assessment. I, I, um, you know, 27 have, times for 143 yards. Honestly, he's the same guy as as I'm gonna, Kirk Cousins. I'm going to predict the the remaining of their schedule here. All right, yeah, so they got the Saints. They got the Saints this week. Uh, I think that's a win. Then they got the Texans. I think that's also a win. The Patriots, I think they lose to the Patriots uh, in three weeks. Titans uh, versus Jaguars, the follow, or they have a bye week and then the Jags. Um, so I think they win against the Jags. They play the Steelers on December 19th. I think they. That's a win. That's a win. It's a win. Their defense is much better than the Steelers is playing right now. Their offense is fine. With Adrian Peterson back there, you give them that much time. I I think they win against the Steelers. They're a good enough team for that. They're going to beat the 49ers probably. They're going to beat the Dolphins, and they're going to beat the Texans again. So they're actually fine throughout the season. That's seven more wins. They got 14 wins on the season. 
That might be the easiest schedule I've ever seen in my life. That schedule, Saints, you're telling Saints, me. Saints, Texans, Patriots. The hardest team they're playing throughout the, the rest of the season is the Patriots. This is ridiculous. The hardest team they have to play is is quarterbacked by Mac Jones. That's, they're <laughs> going to go 14 and 14 and, and three. I think they're, they're going to have the number one seed in the AFC. I think they're going to drop one, though. I think they're going to drop one to the Steelers of the 49ers. If, if they go, if they say, if they, if they win the seven games, like you say, they're saying they're going 14 and three and they're winning the AFC and they're going with a first round bye, which means that Derrick Henry gets an extra week of rest before he has to come back in. I think the Steelers or the 49ers are going to beat them. I think they drop two. Do you think that they, that the Titans can win with win the AFC and get the first round bye on 13 wins? Yes, at the current state, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's it doesn't that's matter. Crazy. So it's looking really good for them for sure. Uh, obviously, it depends a lot on what the Ravens do throughout the rest of the season. They get the Browns twice, the Bengals, the Packers, the Rams left. So there's I yeah. I absolutely think that the Titans can. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. They, if if the Titans if the Titans fall because of their current situation and they're just not good anymore because that totally can happen with the adversity. I mean, yeah. look at no, what, it, it could, look at the it, doors that open up for teams like the Ravens, the chiefs, the it, chargers. It does even, I mean, it opens up doors of opportunity, but like at, you and I have talked about this before with, with running backs, you and I both agree that Adrian Peterson is a guy who could still put up a thousand yards rushing in yep. The next, uh, well, you know, playing today, you know, he, he, I think we both believe that if you give him enough touches, which 10 is nearly, is not nearly enough, but you give that man, he runs like, like Derrick Henry. He was the original Derrick Henry. The more you give him the ball, the more he's going to wear down the defense, the more yards he's going to get. And, and that's a guy who I think they're going to continue to run more. The AFC is the Titans to lose. And I guess we will be watching closely on on them throughout. The, it's theirs the to lose the without Derrick Henry. I it would is. have never thought that in my life. We've got one more game that we need to catch up on. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of the game that we need to talk about, but there was a huge controversy. Bears Steelers uh, Steelers win twenty nine to twenty seven. Missed last second field goal by an old friend, Mr. Cairo Santos, with a 65-yarder, doinks it off the crossbar. Nope, it, it didn't actually. They showed a second uh, angle. It fell like five to ten yards. Short. Oh, did it, it just, really? It it really looked like it, it on the broadcast. From behind, it but looked they, like they it doinked off. They replayed another angle, and it was super short. Well, we always knew that he didn't have the biggest leg, but he was no. very accurate. I think it's if you give him like 55, and I think that one is probably good from 55. I, you know what? I think if it was five yards short, I didn't get to see that angle. But if it's five yards short, he's good from 60. I don't think it was. It was. It may not was, have been. It was at least eight yards short. Huh. It must have hit the ground and then bounced weird. That's funny. But uh, but yeah, it no, did look uh, weird. We, we did have uh, Mr. Cash's. So what, what happened from behind? It mm-hmm. hit the ground where the crossbar uh, meets the field. That's like, what I wondered. On those planes. So it, it looked like it, I thought it hit the crossbar. The, I mean, the announcer thought it hit the crossbar. Yeah. So um, now we did have a big controversy in this game. There was a mix, Mr. Uh, Cassius Marsh. Um, he's been on a number of teams. Uh, and I mean, 
definitely a decent veteran player. He goes in on special teams. Um, he roundhouse kicks somebody in the face, uh, goes over to the Pittsburgh Steelers sideline, a team that he used to play for, talks a, talks a little bit of crap. We don't really know what he says, tries to run off the field, uh, and then he is backed into by uh, uh, Quarantino, I believe is his last name, the, the referee, the white hat for that game, uh, and, and then is flagged. Um, Number one, that that wasn't the only bad flag of that game. Uh, myself and a lot of other people uh, on, on on social media believe that there were uh, a few too many penalties on the wrong on the other side more than there were, and and it, they just were not good penalties. Uh, but but this was egregious and disgusting because if 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 Cassius bumps into uh, any ref does what he did. He he's getting flagged. He's getting fined and probably ejected. Uh, and, and what this ref did, uh, was egregious. Um, and, and to be honest with, with the NFL partnering up with, with sports books, I think this is a clear overstepping of controlling a game, yeah, uh, with absolutely. this game happened. And if you were I, partnering up with, with sports books, you are showing yourself to be the WWE right now. With already uh, already determined outcomes of games, and and you've got you've got to rectify a situation here uh, yep. because it's people's money and livelihood that you're that you're playing with. Yeah, that that ref needs to be suspended um, probably for the rest of the regular season at least. And I mean, I wouldn't give him a fucking playoff game. Uh, I mean, that that was disgusting. He backed into a player and threw a flag on him. And it, it, I mean, I'm not and then blatantly it, lied about I, it in I'm an not, interview. I'm not going to say it costs the bears a, the game, but I mean, no, that it, specific penalty did it, not cost him the game, but it's still, it, it definitely, it definitely didn't help. It didn't help at all. So, I mean, if, 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 if I'm outraged and that happened on a team that I don't care about, on I, I, mean, I, I kind of hate the bears, honestly. I don't hate the Bears. I definitely am not a fan of the Steelers. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan. Of the they, they have tormented I, Kansas. I don't like either of these teams at all. Um, actually, I, I don't really care one way or the other for for the Bears. But but uh, for a guy that has played ball into college, um, mm-hmm. I've, I've got friends who who played in D one uh, and and lower levels. Friends and family who who played in in the professional level. Um, to, to see and, and guys who are coaching D1 and, and higher. And so it's like you, you look at that and to see the way that some of these. I mean, he not made that game the, a joke. He, he it became a joke that he made the game a joke. And, and that's not the only penalty that was bad. Um, I do 100 percent believe I watched the last drive there uh, or the second to last drive. Uh, it was it was Ben Roethlisberger leading, leading them down, the leading the Steelers down to get a field goal to go up by two. And uh, there were four flags on the Bears right away. Now, one of them undoubtedly. Uh, uh, was true as, as he was lined up in the neutral zone. Um, so, so go ahead and give him that, but there were three others and in that sequence, disgusting, 
Discuss yeah. the, the refs outside of the of the Cassius Marsh uh, situation, or or including that situation, um, took hand there took this game into their own hands, um, and the NFL has got to take care of this situation. I think, I think there definitely needs to be an investigation on that group. I, I don't know if it. I, I don't know if it needs to result in a firing. I'm I'm not for people losing their jobs in that in that fashion. Um, it, I, I don't know it if maybe he had. Though. It needs to be investigated, and if it turns out that it's a breach of rules or or something, you know, whatever hurts partnership, like look into it that way. There needs to be a suspension. I mean, I'm not if, sure if it's if, for the f- full season, but there needs to be a suspension, a cut and pay, and a fine. I mean, they have to investigate this thoroughly because if, I mean, what if the crew, somebody on the crew has money on this game? I mean, if you're allowing that in your league and you let it slip through the cracks, I mean, it could tear the league down. Holy. uh, Yeah, it could. I mean, look at what it did. Look at what it did to college basketball there for a while. Um, I mean, obviously it was a long time ago. Um, And if it happens to one team, you know, you can just kind of give that team the death penalty or, or, or suspend all of them, whatever. Um, But you you can't have it in a professional sports, especially now. Now, if sports books are not your sponsors, they're not your partners. That's one thing. That's one thing, because you look at the WWE and I'm not a WWE fan, but I'm using them as an example because they're already predetermined outcomes. You you, there's there's no there's not really betting on there. There's prop bets for sure. There's prop bets, but there's not really bets on. Uh, on actual sports books on who's going to win and who's going to lose and, and all these things, because it's predetermined. You can't start having these things happen, which there's already conspiracy theories and stuff out there for predetermination, predetermined outcomes in the NBA and the NFL and all that. But if it comes out as true and they're your partners, uh, you're losing everything. Yeah. You're losing everything. It's, it seemed last night the most egregious that I've seen in 26 years. It's not a long time. It's not a long time to watch a 100-year league, but that seemed – it seemed pretty outright and disgusting and right in front of our faces. Yeah. Um, and for the, the refs to out-face out lie to all of us, um, I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, there needs to be an investigation and some repercussions there, absolutely. Uh, I I think, and it was the white hat who did this. It so was. it's not like another ref on there that squad can overrule his call. So I think he needs to be held accountable himself. I think he should be suspended for the rest of the season. Um, and I mean they make a pretty penny. They should he should be fined. I don't I think it should be what I don't think it should be a player fine. I don't think it should be like fifty thousand because that's like a quarter of a salary. But I think a five thousand <laughs> dollar fine. I think a five thousand dollar fine would hurt enough. Yeah, I think I think that'd be I think that'd be good enough. I think it would give them a couple games suspension without pay, um, and, and and call that good from there and and do an investigation. And if something else pulls up, then hey, see you, bud. Yep. Well, anything yeah. else that you want to cover from this week, there, Caleb? Nope. Just uh, hope the Chiefs are for real this time. <laughs> well, make sure to stick around. We've got a, a new 
pre-game show coming out at the end of this week. We'll see if if Landon is going to be back or not. Stay tuned for that. You'll find out when we do. But it is Raider Week, baby. And we've got some stuff to handle. So check it out. Stick around. That'll be coming to you on Friday morning. uh, Everywhere you go. My name is Tyler. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at uh, underscore Suavage underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at CDerlin53. You can find Landon on Twitter at Fields underscore Lando and follow the show at TLCFB uh, on Twitter and YouTube. Tyler? Um, we've, We've got an exciting week coming up. Our right foot is in front of us. Our left foot is about to make the step. Let's see what we can do. And as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.